Hello, all you beautiful people. This is Optimistically Depressed, and I am your host, Ruth McMullen. Happy Halloween. We had a fun night tonight. Um, For the first year, one of my kids actually dressed up as a scary creature, a vampire, and I got to do her makeup, and it was a lot of fun and creepy. And it was another one of those things that was like, wow, I'm at this new stage in my life now. It was really cool. So um, I've had a lot of changes happening happen lately, and you'll be hearing them in some future podcasts coming out. And you know what? I'm going to let those things remain a mystery for now. But it, uh, as a little hint, it involves me coming away with a lot more insight into myself, into who I want to be, into my own convictions and how I am, how I am growing and how I am allowing myself to grow. Uh, so I got to do an interview with Kristen and it was really fascinating because she brought up a lot of things that I haven't really thought about before. And we had a pretty deep discussion She's again, like she's one of those people that she comes in, uh, she sits down and all of a sudden it's just like suddenly you're having this intense conversation about things that you're, you've been thinking about for a while or things that like have been kind of on your mind, but you don't really like, you know how it's like you have like an idea of something or it's like, but you can't really put your finger on what exactly, like what point you're trying to make or what, like what you kind of are trying to figure out. So I have been having a lot of that. And then I had this conversation with Kristen and it was like, that's what that is. Oh, and we just had so many really interesting conversations in one sit down that it was, well, we had to do it again. She actually came back just a couple days ago to do another episode because we just weren't finished talking yet but this is the first one. You're going to love it. Especially if you're, especially if you're interested in things like, um, like yoga, mindfulness, being the witness, which I haven't really, uh, I've only heard a couple other times before, but so I'm pretty new to all of that, but I just found it really insightful and it was nice to be able to look again at a different point of view of things and, it's always helpful to to look at these different points of view so that you can have it helps you understand your own life better when because it's like oh i'm not limited to these certain ways of looking at life or looking at the world there are so many options there's so many different ways of looking at it and you can take a little bit from each from each of these different ways and put together a, a way that you look at at life that really is suitable to you as an, as an individual, which again, I think goes back to how we all have, like while we're all very different, we do all have a certain something in common, be it an interest or just a worldview or ways that we um, function or make our way through difficult times. So this was just really fascinating, really helpful. And uh, I'm very excited for all of you to be able to listen to it. Kristen is amazing. Really like her. She's 
just, uh, she's one of those people that like you, you sit like you're around and you're just like, ah, yes, this feels good. So I think that all of you are going to be able to pick that up too in this podcast. So enjoy. Hey everyone. Hello. I wonder if we sound kind of similar. No, we don't. I don't know. No, we don't. Okay, yeah, we can tell the difference. You can tell the difference. Because I can't tell what my voice sounds like. I'm bad at that. You know? Yeah. And hearing your voice, I don't think it's... No. You have an earthy voice. Thank you. You are welcome. (laughs) I love it. I love your voice. Um, So when I was like, hey, do we sound the same? I was just trying to compliment myself. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) Um, So do you prefer to go by Chris? I like Chris. I like Chris, actually. It's become like something that I've grown into. Okay. What, how, did that, how did that happen? How did you grow into it? Um, well, growing up, everybody called me by my last name. Okay. So it was like Voxy or Vox or like whatever, uh, however that came out. And then after high school, people started calling me Kristen. And I was like, whoa, even that was weird to hear my name, you yeah. know? And then... Uh, people who are really close to me, like my sisters, my best friends, like my boss, like they all call me Chris now and it's kind of endearing. Like I love to hear it. Okay. Yeah. So I even will like sign some of my emails or sign things as Chris. So like, go ahead. <laughs> That's cool. Cause you signed one email to me as Chris. And so I was like, oh, I wonder if she prefers to go by Chris. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. One or the other, but yeah, Chris, Kristen, Chris, Kristen, you can bring in the Vogue seat, but like that is part of my past. I feel that's okay. Mm-hmm. I find that uh, people who have go by like the short version, like Chris, like girls that go by Chris and stuff like that, like just endearing. <laughs> it is endearing. I totally find yes. it endearing. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I'm going to call you Chris. I love that. <laughs> cool. How you doing, Chris? I'm great. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. Yeah. It's uh my first podcast yes. so thank you for having me it is such an honor <laughs> I tried to flick my hair but then I was like no that doesn't really go with what I'm trying to say or communicate here. but it but, is right, like cool. I definitely reached out to you because I love like the idea of your podcast and what you're talking about and the the fact that you're talking about these things cool thank you so I it's a privilege to be here oh my god there we go thank you so much <laughs> Yeah. And you want to talk about, let's talk about mental health. Let's talk about all that crap. Let's yes. talk about, and let's talk about your story. Let's, yes. hear it all, let's hear it all. Okay. Like, let's lay it out here. Let's just lay it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, as I believe we probably all do, we yeah. all kind of um, inhabit some form or have some form of mental health uh issues or complications or relationship with mental health. Yes. And so I definitely do. And I think my entire life has been a journey of like, how can I, how can I learn more about it within myself Mm -hmm. to grow and then 
it's come to a place where it's like, okay, now can I share? Like, how can I like share that? You know, mm. my journey through mental health because it definitely uh, has been very present, like a lot of my childhood. So when I was eight years old, um, just to give like a little chronological uh, timeline is when I was eight years old, my parents split up. Okay. So that was like a huge, like a huge change Yes, in my life. Yeah. More than anything. And it was pretty dramatic and it was pretty uh, intense for an eight-year-old to know what was going on and seeing it. And um, I absolutely love and have good relationships with both my parents, which has been a journey of itself. Mm. Um, but nothing was hidden from us. It was all just like... We knew everything that was going on. We knew, like, what one parent was saying about the other. Like, we were just, like, the three of us, I have two sisters, were put right in the middle of it. And so, like, that was, yeah, that was definitely, like, a huge um, piece of where, not where it began, like, I don't want to blame it or anything, but it definitely was a big part of my life, and... And then at the same time, like, I was the middle child. I was the sensitive child. Like, I was the one who was just, like, cries over (laughs) anything and everything. Yeah, that was me too. Yeah. And so, like, not even was I bullied by my sisters, like, being picked on by my sisters. Like, it was being translated into um, the playground. Like, I was picked on for, like, I don't even remember at this point, you know? But, like, I was... I was definitely like an easy target because I was sensitive and I was vulnerable and like open. So it was easy to like draw it out of me, you know, and draw reactions out of me. Yeah. And I was very like reactive. And um, so that was kind of like a big thing. And that, that happened like on and off. And it was like, you want to be a part of the cool group. And so I always was like a part of that group um but then it was like some of them treated you like garbage you know and that that was their own shit that's their own shit which is totally not something you realize at (laughs) 11 years old or 12 years old well exactly Mm -hmm. and so it's going to affect you like without the understanding that that's their own that like they're carrying their own issues into what they're bringing to you when you're 11 it's going to like you're just going to be like why are they treating me like this? And usually yeah. it's like, because there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Like usually you internalize it and that's going to hugely affect your story and you. And yes. Okay. Yep. Keep and going. So, and that definitely, uh, uh, what's wrong with me. That was a big theme, a, a theme that I still work with. Yeah. Um, so then between the bullying and then like going home and wanting to be homeschooled and wanting to like, not even knowing what it meant to take my life, but saying I wanted to take my life, you know, like to my mom, like it was just like, how could, like I think about my little self and I'm like, how could she want to, like, I just want to hold her. Um, and then when I was 15 or 16, my best friend committed suicide. And so like, Oh my God, that was kind of this. Why me? Like, (laughs) you know, like why me? Why is this something that I, deal with like have to deal with and 
I had met her the year before and we were just like inseparable, like immediately, like the best of friends. Like I, I love her so much still, you know, and, um, that was hard. That was like super hard. And it was weird because I was even like, I couldn't even see her being past 15 years old. Like I couldn't even see her, but I just was like, she made such an impact in those 15 years on so many people. Like she was the life of the party. Like she just like every single person, like her funeral was incredible. Like the amount of people who showed up, it was like a huge church, but then the gym was filled up and they had to like have a TV or like a projection in that room. Like it was just like the whole city showed up for her. Wow. Because she was showing up for everybody. And I was like, honestly grateful to be so close with her. Like I ended up uh, speaking at her funeral. Wow. And uh, so that was like a huge shift in my life at that point. And that led down to a lot of like depression and um, mental health issues. Like I, I don't know if I was ever like, I remember going to the doctors to, uh, I don't know, like it it was to get out of my exams because I just like couldn't do them. Yeah. And uh, so like, I don't know if they were like, you have depression, but like it it was definitely something that I was working on and I, I was going to bereavement. I've gone to counseling since I was like eight years old and like seen therapists since then. Yeah. Um, it's always been a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And then moving forward a little bit, like I put on a lot of weight after my, like Becky passed away. Yeah. And, um, and that was also kind of a thread through my whole life was like, not good enough because you don't weigh a certain like you know like I know that's I struggle (laughs) with that too yeah like and so it was it was a thread and then it kind of like balled up when I was like 17 or 18 because I lost like after high school lost like 60 pounds whoa and you know and every single person's like whoa, don't waste away. Like, you know, like everybody has something to say. Like, it's not like, oh, good for you. Like, yeah, of course that did come. But like a lot of people were just like, I don't know. It just brought up so much like concentration on weight and the importance of it. And even to the, to the side of like, that's amazing that you lost all this weight. And it's like, was I not as amazing before I lost the weight? Like, and, um, I had started college after I'd like lost all this weight. I did like, like a tough mutter marathon, like worked so hard to like, to be this like body. And then, um, once I started school, I just started like eating compulsively Yeah, and food was always my vice, I think growing up. Mm -hmm. And I completely like, started going through like these binge episodes and I knew immediately when I started it I was like I don't want to be doing this like I told people immediately that I was doing it because I was like I don't want this to be my like what I do like I don't want this to be my life Mm. and um I think that really is what shifted me into the path that I'm on right now of like um spirituality or uh 
to where I am now, where as a yoga teacher and a meditative teacher and all of these aspects, it was like that shifted of being like, I am tired of feeling this way. Mm. I am tired of like other people's limitations and blocks being projected on me and me taking them in as my own, you know? Wow. Yeah. And so I'm 26, like going to be 27. So from like, I guess almost in the last like eight, nine years is been the journey away from that. And it's wild to think that it's been eight (laughs) or nine years because it was like, I remember at the beginning being like, knowing that, okay, you have this much trauma, like this from the time you're eight years old, you have this much shit, you know, it's not going to take a day for you to like flip it. No. Yeah. Right. Right. And then to see that I'm like, whoa, I'm like eight, nine years on the other side and I'm, I'm still, 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 still working with it all. But like, but you're making progress moving forward. Absolutely. And to the point where I can like help other people where I am helping other people. And it's like reflecting in the way I like, uh, how far my grasp is and how far I can like reach out in the world, which has been like, I feel like this like internal journey, this internal, like, this is what you're doing. This is what's going to be done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's something that you are like, this is a calling that's deep within you and you are pursuing it. And then as a result, you're finding this like this is absolutely kind of completeness to your life or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's coming like really full circle right now. Things are actually like incredible. Um, But it it absolutely is. It was and it's like, you know, when you're like called to do something. Yeah. And you feel it within you. And I was always like, how is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? Blah, 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 blah. And like freaking out about it. Yeah. And I'm just like letting it happen. And this year has been incredible. Yeah. So much growth, so much expansion. Amazing. And it's just continuing like every day and like the decisions I make and um, are it's really like reflecting out and it's like cool, like it's happening. Like everything that like I want to be able to do and that I've wanted to be able to do from the time I was like 18 being like, oh, I'm going to change the world. It's like, whoa, okay. Like you did the work of, you know, how they're like, you have to change yourself before you change the world. Yes. It's like you've been doing the work on changing yourself. Like you've been disciplined and you've um, worked to have high standards of what it means to like live a meaningful life. And now you're like it's actually coming out. And now it's coming out. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. Thank okay. you. So now I have questions I want to ask you. Yes, absolutely. And I'm still working on on these questions, but I have been putting a lot of thought into them. And I think that the reason why I came up with some of these questions is because I think that there's something that can apply to everyone mm-hmm. and that they would be good advice for people that have had similar struggles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think to be able to hear the point of view of of several people, even on the same topic, is it's so helpful because everyone is different. Everyone's going to find healing in a different way in different situations. And so one thing that I want to ask you is what scares you? Okay. Going to have to give me a minute. Um, yeah. Because I think like growing up, I remember being like, I don't have fears. 
Yeah. You know, like I'm always ready to like jump into things. Yeah. You know? Mm. And then that's like on the physical realm. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, okay, no, there are like a ton of like mental fears and like men or like uh, emotional fears. Yeah. Um, and so I think like right now, I- I'd say like the biggest one is rejection, mm. you know? Yes. Just, oh, I hear ya. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right? And it comes yeah. back to this idea of like not being good enough. Mm-hmm. And like there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And that's like an embedded fear that I'm like really working through and like working to dissolve like actively right now. Um, But that's it. Like especially when it comes to like romantic relationships. Yeah. Frig. Like... <laughs> oh my gosh like I can't imagine I was one of the lucky ones that got married at 19 and Sean's awesome so um, <laughs> yeah. like but I mean like but but it's funny um Sean and I've been married 13 years and you think that that would be enough time to like start to kind of get over like being embarrassed by like showing certain parts of you to this person or a thoughts or something stupid that you did and that kind of thing. But every now and then I still find like, I'm kind of like, Oh, like the other day I was like, Oh, Sean, I have to tell you something and I'm embarrassed about it. And he's just like, okay. And then like, I tell him like something that is not really that embarrassing, but I just feel like I want him to be impressed by me all the time still. Mm. And Mm -hmm. there's, and then like in that is just that it's still like you have this fear of rejection. Like what if it turns out that, I've unwittingly tricked this person for this long and they're going to finally see what I really am. And it's going to turn out that they don't really like me that much. Like, yeah, I think that it's something that like, you're going to have that fear of rejection and it's not going to matter if you are accepted or not. It's something that you have to work over like through yourself before you're going to be okay with being rejected. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. And it is something like nobody, like, Everybody could accept you, but if you still have in your head playing this like story of like rejection, then you're like definitely not going to believe it. Like it, yeah. it's you're going to shut it out either way. Yeah. And it, it is something you totally have to like work through on your own to be like, I am enough. Like I because like romantic relation, it's like seems like in my life, like. I've been able to like do things like I'm like a I can get things done in my life if I want something I'm like cool that's mine like I can get it done and then romantic relationships I'm like no idea what's going on here like something (laughs) is wrong here (laughs) I don't know what's going on and I kind of like it's it's been an evolution from where like I was to where I am now and Um, the people I meet just keep getting like better and better and better. And like, I, and where I don't even feel like I need their validation, you know, Mm. as much. And, um, and it, it does keep growing. And so I'm like, cool, she's on her way. But like, (laughs) there's like the last person I was seeing or like hanging out with afterwards when like, it didn't work out the way I like wanted it to work out. Yeah. I was feeling sorry for myself. Yeah. And I was like, there's something wrong with me. Like, I, why wouldn't they want to be with me? Da, 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 da. Right. Yeah. Not really like fully being like, well, they have their own things and that's like what they're going through right now or whatever it is. And then something shifted, shifted. And I was like, whoa, Kristen, like, we don't have to feel sorry for ourselves. Like, we can take this 
and move forward in a way that it's like, no, like you are fine. You can handle this. You can handle this like slight rejection or it's not even rejection. It's just that like someone's in another place at another time. Right. Yeah. Or at the same time, you know, and like, yeah, you can handle this to like take this forward and move forward. And it was like, it was the same with like when I was going through eating disorders or like really heavily within my eating disorder, there was a point where I was like, I am so sick of looking in the mirror and hating myself. Mm. Like I'm done. Like I'm done looking at myself and hating myself. And that's where it started. And then I started like looking at myself and being like, damn, Kristen, like you look fucking good today. Like, I don't know if I can swear or anything. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's totally fine. Um, but like, I was like, I, I had to like shift something and this is something I'm like shifting in really like in terms of relationships and rejection. It's like, no, like you're fine. Like it's okay. Like you're still like, it doesn't make you any less of a better or like any less of a person because somebody else is in another place. Like there's still so much love and support around you that like, I don't know. It was just like something is shifting within me even in these like darker areas of my life, I think that I always struggled with. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, one thing at a time, but like it started, it basically was with like the eating disorder where I was just like, nope, done. Like I'm done. Like I'm so sick of hating myself. And then I was like, oh, I'm, as I move into like this relationship stuff, I'm like, whoa, I didn't realize I was hating myself so much in terms of it. Like, you know, like you don't even notice these dialogues are happening yeah and then you're like okay whoa like you are worthy you are enough you're an incredible human being you know and you just have to like keep playing that tune yeah until you like actually believe it whether you believe it at first or not like yeah it's amazing how the self-talk is something that's constantly going on and you don't notice it all the time until mm. you decide to notice it mm-hmm and that, that must be something that like your meditation and yoga has helped with immensely absolutely when did you start doing that um I started practicing yoga probably when I was like 19 18 or 19 and it was like I think a lot of um well at least my journey started on the spiritual side yeah like it was like I was connecting with myself through yoga like I wasn't really like doing it for a workout or Maybe in my head, I didn't even believe it was a workout, you know? So, like, I, was, I wasn't I was doing it for my body. It was more like I was connected to the spiritual side of it. Okay. And um, so I was practicing, like, on and off for a couple of years until it became, like, this is something you do. Like, this is something that you practice all the time. Yeah. And so, uh, n- yeah, I'd say, like, yoga, I was, like, 18. And then meditation was something I started probably, like, five years ago okay but it wasn't something that like I was doing regularly mm-hmm. um and then like probably three years ago is when I was like okay I'm gonna like sit down every day and like do 10 minutes of like a guided meditation or something I'm just yeah. gonna do it I'm just gonna do it because and they're like because they say that like you're not gonna notice like but it, it's gonna make a difference you know so I was just like let's just see what happens mm-hmm. and then um so I was doing it and like i do it on and off and like I wasn't even there like for the meditation like my mind was everywhere like it was just non-stop like 
I couldn't stop my, it was like, okay, follow your breath. And it was like, okay, follow my breath in, out. Okay. And then you're like off into the next thing, you know? And yeah. so, um, but I was doing it. I at least was like sitting down and doing it. Yeah. And then it was like, I'd go for like a month and then I would like stop for a bit and then do it again. And then I guess just over a year ago, I started doing it like it was something I craved. Mm, it was yeah. something I was like, there's too much stimulation. I need to like sit down and just like breathe. Yeah. You know? And so, um, for at least like for at least a year, I've sat every morning to meditate for like a half an hour to an hour. And, um, that slowing down and that ability to tune into stillness within has allowed me to see what's going on in my head to like this because the thoughts have like slowed down yeah and there's not as many and they're not as like shifting on all of the things it's more focused yeah so meditation has definitely like focused the thoughts a little bit more yeah but they're but it's not saying that they've like cleaned them up it's like that's still something I have had to do and do actively um but definitely the meditation has like helped me to be able to like recognize like, oh, you're thinking this thing. <laughs> like you're like you're thinking about this. Maybe you, you want to adjust how you're thinking about that or shelf that thought. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I uh, was actually doing a meditation this morning. I have the Calm app. So mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm not a professional meditator. <laughs> hey. Just put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Any meditation is better than no meditation. Right? That's yes. what I figure. Mm-hmm. So I have the Calm app. I was doing the meditation this morning and it was on, it was called Witness. And it was mm-hmm. talking about how when you're feeling these like different emotions, like stress or anxiety or anger or sadness, you can step back from it. And instead of being like, I am sad you could say I am experiencing sadness. And it's funny how when initially, like I just know that for myself, if I would have heard that even a couple years ago, I would have just been like, <laughs> what? Like that is one of the yeah. dumbest things I've ever heard. And now yep. I'm like, oh, that actually totally makes a difference yes. when you're kind of like separating yourself from that from that emotion, from that feeling. Cause then you're kind of like, you're, you are able to more clearly look at it and actually do something that's going to be healthy with that, with that feeling or emotion instead of, you know, pushing the eject button on your life. Yeah. <laughs> and just like continuing to like fall into that trap or to fall into that hole of like the spiraling down, the spiraling down, of- which is so easy to do. <laughs> So easy. And the thing is, it's like, it's also so easy to go to the other way if you have something, because you can attach yourself to the highs and you can attach yourself to the lows. And it's, ooh, I like that. Yeah. And it's kind of about being the witness throughout it all and being able to like pull back and be like, take a breath. Be like, okay, that was a good experience. Or like, oh, that was a not so good, but just like coming back to center. And it's funny that you say the witness because that's like huge in the work that I do okay with myself or how I teach yoga yeah or whatever um because that was like a big teaching in my training as well was being the witness like we are the witness you know and it's 
we are the witness to the thoughts. We are the witness to the emotions, um, to everything we're feeling. And we aren't that at all. And we can like untie ourselves from it because we're kind of like we we I was reading this book called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, and he talks about it as like you tethering yourself to these thoughts and feelings and you kind of and the more you do it the more you do like create this narrative where that's the case like whatever the thought is that's what your reality is instead of being able to like step back and take a breath and be like oh I'm experiencing sadness right now and that's okay like I can handle it this will pass yeah. But I don't have to like hold on to it and make it like who I am. And that's actually been a huge lesson that I've been learning recently. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it's something that you can hear and talk about a lot, but it's something that you don't actually understand until you decide that you're going to understand it. Or like, I don't know if it, there's just a certain journey that you need to take in order to properly be prepared to to make sense of it or, or what it is. But I've recently been coming to this point where it's kind of like, um, yeah, I am somewhat over, over here and I'm allowing all of these experiences to happen right here. And that's, and that's okay to allow that feeling mm-hmm. to be there mm-hmm. and like play it out. Mm-hmm. You said something just a little like a couple minutes ago it was you can attach yourself to the highs you can attach yourself to the lows Mm -hmm. what do you mean by that well so our life is like a sign graph you know like it's always going to be up and down like that's part of being and having this human experience is that there's going to be the joys. There's going to be the sorrows. Yeah. There's always going to be a mixture of the two. It's not going to be one or the other. And um, so just as much because I remember when I first started the like spiritual journey or whatever, and I was like so into law of attraction. I was like, I can manifest anything I want. Like anything is mine. And I just focused on the positive. And I was if something came up that was negative, like even if a friend came and they're like, listen to my day. I was like, get out of here. Like, I don't want to hear you. And it kind of was like, like not doing me uh, any service at all. And I was just focusing on the positive and really holding onto it and grasping it. Yeah. But then it was like causing like issues in relationships with friends and like, um, it wasn't, it, it was creating more turmoil than not. And so like just as much as we can like create this story of like I'm so sad and like life is bad and whatever you can hold on to this like one great thing that happens in your life and like always want it back. And it was like that was just a passing experience like everything is just a passing experience like they're all just clouds that are kind of funneling through. Oh yeah. And if you attach yourself to it you're just holding yourself from being present. And holding yourself from being able to be open to opportunities that are coming, you know, it's like, okay, that was like a really, really good thing that happened. But like, take that experience and see what comes from it, like see how it can grow and expand and how you can like bring in more good experiences. And, and I think 
I just, I've been doing a lot of work um, or I've thought a lot about these like highs and lows and how it's like, there are like in, in Buddhism, I believe it's, they talk about like the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows. Okay. And we're all experiencing them. Um, like there's like not a time where you're not going to like ha- have some experience of like one of them. Yeah. But they're, they're the things that are in front of the witness, you know, it's like, you're still just like back here. And if you're able to ride the waves instead of like try to stay at the top of the wave or pull yourself down to the low of the wave and you're just able to ride it, you're going to flow. You're going to flow with life. And like you're going to be able to like when opportunities present themselves, you're going to be able to be more present for them because you're not holding on to anything that has passed. Oh, that's making sense to me. I uh, I can definitely relate to getting to a high and wanting to just hold on to that because the threat of the low that's on its way yeah. is ter- is terrifying mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like especially when you know, like depression is part of my life yeah. and so when I get low like I can get really really low. Yeah. And so when I finally make my way out of that I'm kind of like, I don't want to go back there. No, no, no. <laughs> then, but then <laughs> yeah. it's like it, all of a sudden it, it kind of can create that low. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm dreading it. It makes it like more extreme. Yeah. Like you put it on more extremes. I, I have a friend who does a lot of like energy work and he like counseling, healing type stuff. And she talks about it like this sine wave where like it can be from 10 to negative 10. And those are like the two extremes. Okay. And if you're like really holding on to them, you're going to go all the way up and all the way down. You're going to get pulled all the way up and all the way down. But then you can like shorten the signs. So you're staying in between like five and five and you're like just like riding it more casually and not holding on to like when it's really good being like, I don't want it to like be bad, you know? Or like when it's because sometimes even when it's bad, we're like, like, I don't know if you've ever been sick and you're like, oh, I just like being sick because I get to like lie down in bed and like whatever, you know, yeah, and it's like an excuse to like to just do yeah. nothing. Yeah. And so you can like. Yeah, I, you can. I know I get it. Yeah, Hanging on to the low because it's like a free pass. Yeah. So kind of like, well, I am allowed to give up on that opportunity or not take that risk because I'm feeling bad. Yeah. I'm having a rough time. And yeah. and not to take away from the legitimacy of rough times. Yes. Like we, we are all going to get them. Yes. I think that, and it's definitely a thing that I've done in my own life, where I take a rough time and I um, let it become the narrative of my life. Yeah. And that's not, that's not the point of it either. Like, you're yeah. not supposed to do that to yourself. Yeah. It's so easy to, though. Yeah. To become the victim. Like... And I don't think we're taught otherwise or we like, I don't think we were ever taught like you're, you're cause even if you like watch TV or whatever, like maybe the things you read as a kid or whatever, like nobody's, I mean, when I was growing up, no one was telling me to like that what you were feeling is just passing. Yeah. Like no one was telling you that you can like, Take a breath and be able to just sit in stillness before you react and respond to what has happened, whether it's good or bad. Like no one was teaching 
I was never taught that. Like, this is something I've had to learn on my own and through mm-hmm. my own path. And, and I, and I think it's like, there's the highs and there's the lows. There's the past and the present. And it's like, we have to meet ourselves in the middle. Like we have to meet ourselves in this moment, however, and whatever shows up, just being present for it. So like just being present for whether it's intensity in whatever capacity, Mm. whether it's high or low or whatever, and just like coming back to this moment, being able to take a breath and just be there for it. And just like, Mm. and I, I, that's like my biggest teaching and my biggest work that I do is I come back to this moment as much as I can. Like, how can I cultivate presence? How can I be more aware that like whatever's passing is just passing and that like, yeah, will this matter in five years or like, right. You know, yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. And just, it's like this space. Like when I think about like being the witness, I think about how in that moment I like, I like, I don't know, energetically or whatever, just like back up. Like I, I stand up tall and I feel like I'm, I'm placing my attention on the back of my body and where, and I don't know if this is my yoga training and just like posture and how, like how important the spine is and erect spine. But like, I like back up into my back body and then I just like take a breath and I'm able to kind of see where my thoughts are and see where my emotions are and, and, and feel what I'm feeling and kind of a lot. And it's like, I open up into my chest and I feel it just kind of dissolve. And it's something that like, I've like worked on to be able to get to, and it might be like super abstract and super like just out there, but it's, it's, Help me in huge ways and also in little ways, like little things that like used to disturb me. Like I notice when it like bumps up against me and I start to like create a narrative and get yeah. caught up in a spiral. And then I just kind of like back up and take a second and just like open up and be like, that's okay. Like just because you reacted one way to that before, it doesn't mean you have to at this point. Yeah. You can, you can be open and just like let it pass. Like, you know? Yeah. Letting things pass. Okay. What's your perspective on this? So we, it is important for us to stay in the present, to be aware, like just kind of soak in what's happening around us mm-hmm. because that's where our memories are made. And, mm. um, but here's the other thing. Cause I know that for me, um, when I get into stuck in my lows, yeah. I forget that there is a future. So then how do you balance the hope of the future with being um, with being present? Because sometimes you are going through that low part and you need that encouragement. Like you need to remember that this is passing and that there is a brighter future. Like you you have to have the ups with the downs come comes the ups. Uh, But but you also can't live in your idea of what the future is going to be. So mm. where's, would you, would you have any advice for how to, to handle that? Yeah. Um, cause I feel that 
like I generally am a very optimistic person Mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's just like who I am as a person or what um but I am very much just I tend towards that type of that's that's interesting Mm -hmm. especially given the life that you've been through yeah so far yeah I've always kind of like been that easygoing like and I think maybe it's because all of these things have happened and I've come out the other side okay and it's definitely harder when you're in the the trench yeah of being low Uh, I think for me it's been more about like you notice the small things first right like you notice like if you're in traffic and someone cuts you off yeah and you immediately react or respond in a way that's like i can't believe they did that like i'm late blah, 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 blah. and it's like oh okay like i i don't have to like continue that like narrative as i'm driving to work i can let that go and maybe i don't even think about what's going to happen i think i just like like whether because whether it's like good or bad, I just try to come back to the present without even thinking about the like, I think I'm optimistic about the present moment. You're optimistic about the present moment. Interesting. <laughs> oh, my gosh. OK. Uh, OK, let's unpack that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's a it can be a trap to think about the future and think about like that this thing's going to happen. Cause that's like these stories that we're also attaching ourselves to about like what's going to happen in the future. And like, how can I change this situation so that it shifts in the future to better myself? Yeah. You know? And, and so instead of like thinking about the future and what's going on, then when I'm in a low, I've been trying to just like really feel the low, like really like get into it. Like I'm not like, I'm very much like, I want to get into, I think Picard has a balloon. I want to like get into, or maybe reframe this to say that I don't think I'm scared of my suffering. Like I really want to like look at in the face to be able to, to be able to heal it. Like I think we have to be honest and acknowledge it yeah um without bypassing it to be like the future is going to be better or whatever it's like that I just want to like look at it like I am I am all about like breaking down the walls inside of me that I've put up that created suffering so that I can just like be as like focused as I can on like this moment and whatever is coming in Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. That totally makes sense. That totally makes sense because then if we're taking the moment when we're feeling really low and actually allow ourselves to experience it, it's like it can help our minds even if we're not quite noticing what's going on. It's like allowing our minds to process that thing that's happening so that if and when it comes back again, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I've already made some progress on this. So now I'm going to work a little bit more. Maybe it won't be as painful the next time. Yes. 
because you're allowing yourself to just feel it and process it. That that, that makes sense because, you know, you, you hear a lot like about the importance of staying in the moment and, uh, I, but I do find that I just still, I'm kind of like, yeah, but what does that mean? What does it mean to stay in the moment? Allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's what's showing up. It's like, how do you show up for yourself in the present moment? When, when things are hard, do you run away from it? Do you repress it? Do you like push it down inside of you so that you don't feel it? instead of or even do you vent it out and put it on other people it's like when things are happening like to be able to like sit with it and acknowledge the feelings that are coming up and acknowledge what's going on acknowledge that this is like not how you want to feel or this is not ideal or what like this is sad or depressing or whatever like really sitting with it like really and like looking at it, like being that witness and being like, oh, okay. And I think the biggest thing is like, until you stop breathing, like you're alive, like you're going to be here. And so like you can handle whatever shows up. And it's, if you look all over the world, people are handling whatever's showing up for them. And some people are being dealt horrible storms. Yeah. You know, and it's like, how do you show up for yourself? So are you able to like sit with it and acknowledge it and be like, okay, I'm going to hold space for myself, soothe myself, hold myself and feel the storm pass? Or am I going to like create this story of like, well, what's wrong with me? Or like, I feel sorry for myself for like feeling like this. Uh, And then like, you, all you do is just continue that narrative of like being in that storm. But like the storms right. are going to pass. And like you said, like the more you're able to like sit with it and acknowledge it and like, like cleanse it away or clear it away. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Then it, 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 the storms get like easier. Like this is how I feel with like relationships, which have been like this, uh, like, abnormally or abnormally I don't even know the word but like my whole life (laughs) I'm like I don't get it like I feel like an incredible human being but I don't know why I'm not attracting romantic partners you know and that was like my narrative growing up forever Mm. and then it's like the more I'm able to sit with like whatever shows up in each relationship that has like thus far yeah it gets easier and I'm able to like attract better partners and attract even just more interesting people into my life okay and so that's where like it's showed up for me from whatever's coming in the future from me being able to like acknowledge in the present what has happened and being like really really honest with myself really honest with how I'm feeling even if it is very like feeling sorry for myself or feeling very depressed or anxious or stressed or yeah I yeah okay I've got another question for you um what about when you're allowing yourself to feel this feeling and then like where where can you tell because I know that for my okay starting over for a second here 
because this is something that's obviously coming from a a personal Mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. When I feel these negative emotions from situations that are happening, especially in the relationships in my life, I will go into problem solving mode. Mm. And so I'm like, well, what do I need to say to this person? What do I need to do in order to turn this around to fix it? So where do you find that point of allowing yourself to feel it and then moving on to, is there something I need to do to fix this? I feel like the first part would be like acknowledging that you're trying to fix it, that there's something that you want to change, that there's a situation or circumstance that you feel out of control Uh, is out of control and that you feel like you have to shift and change and I think like a huge lesson that I like try to think about is that like so much is out of our control and that we can't because I've been a people pleaser my entire life you know amen yeah 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 you're trying to like appease everybody and make everybody happy Mm -hmm. even if it's not your your sh- argument, you know, you're still like in there. Like you, you, or you were a middle child. Is that what you're saying? Or you just have two sisters? Um, I actually am the youngest. Okay. But I have, nep- I know I have nephews and niece, uh, two nephews and a, and a niece who are really close mm-hmm. to me in age and we live next door. So I think I still kind of, it's like, I got like that the dynamic. spoiling, I got the spoiling of being the youngest. Definitely. My brother can attest to that. He's the middle child. <laughs> um, um, but I also did kind of get some of the middle child uh, feels when I when my nephews and niece came along because they were part of the family too. Yeah, you know, like they were like we were so close in age that it was like I, yeah. we were more like siblings than. And so you kind of had that like peacemaker, like you tried to make the peace. Yeah, and, and that also happened as a result of. Um, the dynamics of uh, my parents' relationship, like the way that my dad was. Mm. And because he's he was diagnosed with schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, so there was a lot of, like, needing to kind of, like, save the situation, you know? Like, things yes. are spiraling out, and it's like, all right, nah, nah, we got to get in there and, like, do whatever. What do I do to fix this? Uh, you know, kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, and, like, if that's something you've been doing since you were – a little kid, right? It's like you're still going to be trying to do that for your until you realize that you're doing that and <laughs> to be able to like even acknowledge it because it's not easy to just like stop it or shift it, you know? And I think in those spaces where if you can like step back be like, "Okay, I'm trying to like I'm trying my brain or my thoughts are trying to fix fix this situation. Yeah. And they're not going to do it. You know? I think it's just like in a big like wow. I I I don't I really don't think cuz I've been there so much and I saw how like my thought process in the last like little relationship or whatever hangout with this person was like I got so in my head about it that I think I ruined it. Like, not ruined it, but, like, I think that I, like, shut it down. And that was, like, not my intention. My intention was the opposite. 
Yeah. And it completely went the other way of what I want, like of what I was trying to do. And it so like because I was following my thoughts so much and I was following like I, I was believing them. And our thoughts are just trying to like protect us and save us and they've done their job. But it's kind of like in the untethered soul, they talk about how. Like we have our fight or flight and like, yeah. so we used to have to like protect ourselves from like, sh- we needed shelter, we needed food, like we needed these basic necessities where now we, for the most part, we have them. And, but these, we still have these, um, modes of protecting ourselves, but they're in our brain, you know, they're in our, they're in our thoughts that we're feeling or mm. thoughts that we're thinking and like what we're feeling and our emotions. And it's like, they're, I, in my experience, they can be a disservice. Yeah. They can really, and it's, and I saw how it kind of like, like it, it did me a disservice and it did the relationship a disservice by me trying to like fix it with what I was thinking and what I was like, and the way I expressed that to that person. Mm. You know? Oh my gosh. And it completely shifted everything. And then I was like, well, you like, you know, like that's not what I was going for. Yeah. You know? It happens to me all the time. And that's the right? And it, like it, it, <laughs> it happens sucks. all the time. It happens you, all the time. And you try to like and you're like, oh, I can fix this. And da 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 da. Like you're trying to like put it all together in your head. Yeah. Um instead of just like kind of letting it go. Letting no. it go. Letting it go with my firm grasp. Just loosen it a little bit. Yes. <sighs> <sighs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think. And I don't even have the vocabulary yet or that maybe um, the experience yet to fully even get into that stuff. Um. But from my experience, it's it's really like knowing that, okay, this is my brain trying to like figure it out, trying to fix this situation. And if I can just like chill back, like I think if I would have chilled back, gone with the flow of what was going on, like things would have maybe been different. Oh, interesting. And, and oh, I kind gosh. of like meddled with it a little yeah. bit too much. Oh, that's so fascinating. It's going to be starting this whole new journey for me, I think. I'm going to be thinking about that so much. Like, what does it mean to chill out? Kate, you know what? I'm actually going to write this down. I have, like, a book where I write down my thoughts Mm -hmm. and, like, questions that I want to expand on. Yes, I love that. So what, yeah, what does it mean? What does it? mean to go with the flow to go with the flow okay Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be expanding on that because it's amazing how you can take even just a simple question and then when you start to break it down you're like oh my gosh this is way more complicated than I thought but I have such a better understanding of what this means yes yeah I love that and then you like keep coming back to it and you're like Whoa, I understand this way more, like way deeper. Yeah, way keep, deeper than I, and then you keep can keep drawing from it. Yes. Pulling uh, more out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm big. I like my whole phone is just like notes. Yeah. Of like questions or thoughts that I like continue to expand on. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. Yeah. 
So this went by in a flash. We're nearing the end of the podcast, but I want to ask you one more question. It's the question that I like to ask everybody. Okay. What does it look to you? What does it look like to you to be mentally healthy? Hmm. I think to me, it would look like being able to acknowledge the highs and the lows. Yeah. Being able to acknowledge that I can handle whatever shows up. Yeah. And being able to sit with and just show up for whatever it is. I think mental health is something that it's it's like your physical health. It's something that it's we so all intertwined with all of Yeah. Yeah. It's something that we, we should do something every day that helps us in mm-hmm. our mental health. You know, it's it's like building or building strength in a muscle. Mm. Um, I believe that we can like build and this capacity for um, a healthy mental space. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. That's good. This has been an. Uh, intriguing conversation I really liked that you really did help um bring more perspective on situations in my life and help me understand some things better that was really good thank you man 26 25 26 26 26 wise beyond your years (laughs) that's good very good yeah I hope to be able to do it sometime Again. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have you on again. We're going to talk about this again. We're going to expand more. Yeah, <laughs> there is definitely, like, we're just hitting the surface here. We're, yeah, we just scratched the surface Yeah, on people it. are like, we're just getting uh, started. It's a little abstract, but we're going to, we'll get into it. We'll get into we'll it. Get into oh, my it. gosh. Yeah. So, everybody just know that Chris is going to be coming back. Yay. I yeah. can't wait. Awesome. Thank you for taking the time to come out here. I it was funny um when I got your email I was talking with Sean about you and he was like yeah no I I know about her and um he was like she's like really like she's really cool so yeah your reputation precedes you oh well I appreciate so I'm, that like, really thrilled that you took time to come out come out here today have some hot apple cider oh. and what more <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> what more could you ask for from an October morning? Right. Hot apple cider. Oh, nice conversation. This was a really nice conversation. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. And everybody who's listening, thank you so much. You make this happen. You help make this happen. We want to hear your thoughts too. If you have any questions or anything that maybe you would want us to expand on or, I don't know, discuss you know, the next time that we get together let me know send me a a message and um yeah just know that wherever you are chris and i are just sitting here loving you yes yeah yes we are yes we are have a lovely morning afternoon evening night i'll be talking to you again soon